0: Well, good morning, church. It is good to see everyone in worship, whether you've joined us in person or online. I'm Bill Birch, one of the pastors here at Northside, and we gather this day to praise God. Uh, This past week, we hit a milestone in our Route 66 journey as we're reading the New Testament together in 2022. We finished our very first book, The Gospel According to Mark. And for some, this may have been the first time you've read an entire book of the New Testament and I'm excited about what all is being revealed in our lives. And every week I have conversations with folk about something that they have discovered. If you never got past the starting line, it's not too late. Uh, we just began a brand new book this on Friday, Hebrews. A little bit denser theological material, but you'll be blessed by the reading. Read Hebrews 1 and 2, and you'll be ready to catch up on Monday. The reading plans are out in the lobby. They're also online, and you can have them sent directly to you through our devotional link. I've discovered that's invaluable because I I forget on occasion, and it hits my email, it hits my phone, and the scripture lesson's right there, and it's an easy way to engage God's Word. Uh, Today, we are continuing a three-week series on wisdom literature, and we're looking at the books of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Last week, we looked at an overarching understanding of wisdom literature in general, and Proverbs in particular, and next week we'll be moving to the book of Ecclesiastes. Our scripture lesson is the same as last week, Proverbs 1.1, which is an introduction to the book. Listen closely for God's word. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance, for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Amen. It's hard to believe it's been over 30 years ago now, but in 1991, Billy Crystal starred in a movie entitled City Slickers. He played a New York ad agent named Mitch Robbins, and he and his friends went out west to a dude ranch on vacation. Mitch was fascinated by the rough, gruff trail boss named Curly Washburn, played by Jack Palance. In a pivotal scene, Curly said to Mitch, do you know what the secret to life is? Then he held up a finger. One thing, just one thing. You get that right, and the rest don't mean nothing. (laughs) Mitch is confused and responds, what is that one thing? And Curly grins and says, that's what you have to find out. What we discovered last week in the book of Proverbs is that one thing is wisdom, which enables us to lead godly lives in a fallen world. We discovered that Proverbs has traditionally been attributed to Solomon, the king of Israel, the son of David, but there are many different authors that contributed to the book. Solomon ascended to the throne after David's death, and in many ways, his life and reign represented the zenith of Israel's power and might. And Solomon, known as one of the wisest persons ever in the history of the world, took his observations on life and wrote them down in the Old Testament book we now call Proverbs. The theme to the book we've heard in the introduction, that all might know wisdom and instruction, understand words of insight, receive instruction in wise dealing, righteousness, justice, and equity. The working definition I'm using for wisdom is both knowing and doing God's word and God's will. And understand this is applied knowledge. Knowing is not enough, doing is an important component. If you're using New Testament language, it is the marriage of faith and of works. As we go deeper into Route 66, we will see how Paul emphasizes faith and will say that works without faith is dead. Well, when we get to the letter of James, He emphasizes works and will say, faith without works is dead, and they're both right. They are two sides to the same coin. They complement one another, and each is less without the other. Knowing and doing, doing and knowing, faith and works, works and faith. Proverbs contains a promise as well, that those who seek God's wisdom will find it. And when we fast forward to the New Testament, We hear that Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to be our tutor, to be our guide, to be our instructor in this world. Another element of Proverbs that we saw last week is that just as God created the world with physical laws, there are also spiritual principles. And the wise person learns those principles and lives accordingly. Now, some of Proverbs is lofty theological concepts. But a great deal of it is down-to-earth, daily, practical advice. Much of it's common sense. But the authors of Proverbs recognize that common sense is not all that common. Now, Proverbs are not simply contained to the Bible. There are all sorts of adages and advice that we share in the world. And last month on social media, I asked the question... Would you please share some of your favorite adages, proverbs, advice? And people responded in a variety of ways. And if you didn't get a chance to see the post, go back and take a look at it last month. Here are just some of the things that were shared with me. Find out who you are and do it on purpose. That's Dolly Parton. We're all practicing to become the people we are. A true friend knows who you are and likes you anyway. Knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing a tomato does not belong in a fruit salad. Be careful what you learn from experience. An early bird does get the worm, but an early worm gets eaten. This too shall pass, that's biblical, but sometimes it passes like a kidney stone. If you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results. On an organizational level, that premise says any organization is perfectly designed to get its current results. Measure twice, cut once. Some of us learned that at the Habitat build. But also don't cut what can be untied. And my personal favorite that somebody shared is this. The wise man walketh the dog, the foolish man dwelleth in poo. (laughs) That has all sorts of application. (laughs) Last week, we looked at a general overview of Proverbs. Today, I want to delve a little more deeply into six topics that the book addresses extensively. And they include speech, friendship, sexual ethics, alcohol, wealth, And work. And obviously, any of those topics could have an entire sermon or entire sermon series devoted to it. We're going to do a brief overview of each. The first one is speech. Proverbs talks a lot about the power of words and how our words can create and destroy, can build up, and can tear down. And words are like an arrow released from a bow. Once you let them go, You cannot retrieve them. And we speak words and we hear words, good or bad, that we will remember for a lifetime. So the first piece of advice Proverbs gives is be quiet. This is a lesson preachers in general, and this preacher in particular, could learn and relearn during life. Because when words are many, Proverbs tells us, Transgression is not lacking. In other words, the more you talk, the more opportunities you have to get in trouble. Les Parrott has a book that's entitled Three Seconds. It's about this thick. I can sum it up in one sentence. Wait three seconds before you speak. Oh, God help me. If I had that discipline, how much easier my life would be at home, work, and in the wider world. Because it creates a little margin for the Holy Spirit to get involved. From what you think to what you say and ask the question, is that really helpful? Is it wise? Should I say it? And that's applicable not only to speech. It works for emails. Stick it in your draft file, wait a day. It works for social media as you have your finger right over post to take a few moments and to think second way that we guard our tongues is in how we respond to angry words. Proverbs says, a soft answer turns away wrath, a harsh word stirs up anger. We've all experienced that. Somebody's angry, they lash out at us. We may not even be the cause, we may just be the lightning rod. And how we respond can either throw gasoline or water on the fire. But when somebody speaks to us angrily, it's our natural response to re- apply and turn, but if we wait for a moment, a soft answer turns away wrath. A third lesson is to speak truthfully. The older I get, the more I understand this just makes life easier. If you're just honest and transparent, you don't have to keep up with everything that you've said. But there's a corollary to this in the New Testament. Speak the truth in love. Because honesty can also be a weapon. Oftentimes, we hurt other people, and we'll say something along the lines of, well, I was just being honest. Be truthful in love. And then the fourth part is to share wisdom and to share knowledge. That means not only that we're going around giving advice, but we're listening for it as well, and that we learn from the experience of others. A secondary Proverbs talks a lot about is friendship. And I hear the description of what it means to be a true friend. A friend loves at all times, and a brother or sister is born for adversity. There are friends who pretend to be a friend, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother or a sister. Choose friends wisely. I have a friend who loves to say in every relationship somebody's training somebody. There's a lot of truth to that. Are we surrounding ourselves with godly persons of moral example who help strengthen us in the faith? And are we being that same sort of friend to others in turn? There's a lesson we often teach our children and our youth is if you want to have friends, be a friend. Be the kind of person, the kind of brother, the kind of sister in Christ that you want in someone else, and you'll be amazed at how those relationships multiply in your life. Another area that Proverbs talks a great deal about is sexual ethics. Probably originally, Proverbs was written for young Jewish men to teach them how to succeed in life, and so there are a lot of warnings about loose, immoral women, There are a lot of loose, immoral men out there as well, and each informs the other. And this is one of those areas of life where the physical and the spiritual influence each other as well. The book has a great deal to say about this area. This is one of those moments, and I seldom reference the United Methodist Book of Discipline and Preaching, but it has a very concise, succinct way of defining sexual ethics. Here it is. Seven words, celibacy in singleness and faithfulness in marriage. If that was too quick for you, I'll repeat it. Celibacy in singleness and faithfulness in marriage. It's both that simple and it's also that complex because we also realize in the world about us, there are other ways people go astray. And one of the things that is a plague in our society today is porn porn number one hit on any internet search engine. And it has become a real issue, especially for men in the congregation and in the community. And it's something that needs to be guarded against. We need to have boundaries upon. And for those who have gone under its influence, find help. Reach out to a staff member, to a counselor, to a friend that you can trust and find help. Years ago, we had gone through a season in the North Georgia Annual Conference where a number of ministers had, had to surrender their credentials because of uh, immoral behavior. And at the time, Bishop Lindsay Davis was over the conference, and I remember him standing in front of the entire conference, and he said, if you're doing something wrong, stop it before somebody finds out. At the time, I thought that was one of the most superficial instructions and exhortations I'd ever heard from a bishop. The more I think about it, if you're doing anything wrong, stop it before somebody finds out. The next area is alcohol in Proverbs. In our modern society, we would extend this to illicit drugs as well as the abuse of prescription drugs as well. Addictive behavior has been an issue and a challenge since humanity has roamed this fallen earth. Proverbs chapter 23 has a description of somebody under the influence. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It would be comic if it weren't tragic. But in the center of the passage are these words. Do not gaze at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. In the end, it bites like a snake and poisons like a viper. And anyone here who has a family member or a close friend who has, a, has an addiction, understands the damage and the hurt, not only to the individual, but also to their family and to their community. And it is an awful, terrible disease. And it's difficult to cure. It's not difficult to not start. And it's one of the reasons whenever we have a senior Sunday or I'm speaking to high school or even middle school children, I say to them, most people, not all, but most people begin the road to addiction to alcohol and drugs in high school and in college. And just say no, so that you don't have to quit later on. I had a professor one time told us, never start something, you're going to want to stop later. Next area is money and helping others. You think, we think if this is a success manual, it's going to have a lot to do with how do you make money. And it does talk about that. But it talks about it within the context of honoring God and of helping others. Two Proverbs. Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of all your produce. And then your barns will be filled with plenty. One person gives freely and yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what should be given and only suffers want. And honoring God with our resources is closely linked to helping others in turn. One proverb says, He who oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is kind to the needy honors God. Centuries later, John Wesley would put The management of wealth in this way, make all you can, save all you can, give all you can. A sixth area is of hard work. It's nothing new. Proverbs says, if something's worth doing, it's worth doing well. It says, know well the condition of your flocks, give attention to your herds. It also talks a great deal about laziness. It says, go to the ant sluggard and learn how to her ways and be wise. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you. I love this image. As a door turns on his hinges, so does a sluggard turn in his bed. This uh, past few weeks, I've had the opportunity to meet with both our confirmation class as well as our Kingdom Journey class, which is juniors and seniors. Through a gift given to the Shepherd's Fund, we've been able to engage them in an experiment that's called Random Acts of Christian Kindness. Every student in those classes received a $50 bill with these instructions. They couldn't spend it on themselves. They had to give it to somebody in need, and it shouldn't be to an organization. You don't get to cop out by going, well, I gave it to the Red Cross. You have to do it something personal. And they've got a month to figure out what to do with the money, and then to bring back a report. And it was interesting to watch the progression. You could see it almost in their eyes, going from I just got $50 to I just got $50. What am I gonna do with it? And when you're managing somebody else's money, it's a responsibility along with a privilege. And then you gotta report back how you used it. Isn't that what we do with life? Isn't that the essence of stewardship? Everything God's given us is not our own. We use it for a time, and then we return it back to God. There are other miscellaneous proverbs that didn't quite fit in any of the categories that I just kind of cherry-picked a few. Hatred stirs up strife. Love covers all afflictions. We discover that in family a lot of time. A man who is kind benefits himself. A cruel person hurts himself. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Don't boast about tomorrow, because you do not know what the next day may bring forth. And I just, this last one tickles me. He who blesses his neighbor with a loud voice early in the morning will be counted as cursing. (laughs) There were two other proverbs that, when I did the social media post, appeared over and over again. The first one we heard last week, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That if you want to begin that journey towards being wise, it occurs by spending time with God, honoring the Lord, and exercising spiritual disciplines of prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, you know the list. And then the second is, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Recognizing that God's ways are not always our ways, that God's wisdom is sometimes counterintuitive to human knowledge, but when we follow God, our paths become straight. And listen to the promise. If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, if you cry out for insight and if you seek it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. I was going to conclude this week's sermon the same way I did last week. And my wife, who is a kindergarten teacher, took me to task Sunday afternoon and said that I used a word that we teach our children not to use. What I said last week is... Life is tough, but it's a whole lot tougher if you are S-T-U-P-I-D. If you miss that, ask your neighbor. So I'm going to paraphrase the same sentiment in a proverb that I often share with youth, and it's this, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. (laughs) Wise or foolish, we get to choose. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit as a tutor and as a guide. And as we read your word, as we engage in the spiritual journey, oftentimes there are things we don't understand, but then we discover what we do understand is enough to keep us busy for a lifetime. So teach us your wisdom, not only to know it, but to do it, to apply it in daily life as your word intersects with our world. Help us to follow in the footsteps of Jesus as godly, wise men and women. In Christ's name we make our prayer. Amen.